Celia. The day is November 25th, 2020. Querida Celia, the day is oh god, December 20 23rd. Today's December 23rd. Happy Merry Christmas Eve, Eve, Eve. Right? So I graduate in one, two, three, four days. The day today is May 18th, 2021. The day is June 2nd, 2021. The day is February 15th and it is 1.43 a.m. I hope that when you listen to this, estoy super lista. Um, y va a ser muy divertido. Okay, that's all. Love you, bye. Today is monday september 4th and today i just wanted to talk about why i love in spanish and you might be like celia what the heck does that mean like what does it mean to love in spanish and if you follow my instagram you saw that very recently hija de tu madre gifted me a wonderful sweater that says i speak english but love in spanish and the front says loves in spanish And so if you're listening to this episode and you're not Latino, Latina, Latine, Hispanic, you might be like, "Mm, I don't necessarily love in Spanish. And that's okay. That's totally normal. I'm just saying this episode might not be as relatable. (laughs) And that's okay. But before I go into this deep dive of loving in Spanish, by the way, I'm not just saying like loving somebody romantically in Spanish. I just mean loving in general in Spanish. Before I go into this deep dive, I wanted to do a little, who is Celia? For those that might be joining me for the first time, for those that might be long-time listeners, and I feel like I usually never really do this because if you guys don't know already, I actually did a full kind of learn about me on my friend Stephanie's podcast, All Things Con Amor, which I will link in the description of this episode. So if you really want to get to know me, you should definitely listen to Stephanie's podcast. And you should just always listen to Stephanie's podcast in general because she's amazing and I love her. She's one of my best friends. But (laughs) a few things about me for those that may not be aware. Both of my parents are Mexican immigrants. And so growing up, even though I was born in California, I always lived in a Mexican bubble. That's the only way that I can really comprehend it in my mind is I lived in this Mexican bubble. And I definitely have talked about this in Stephanie's podcast, so it's going to be a little repetitive for those that have already heard that. But if you haven't, I'm the youngest of four siblings, and I don't really show my family on social media because they aren't necessarily on social media like that, and I'm respecting their privacy and You know, not everybody wants to be on social media, and that's totally fair and totally okay, and I respect that. Um, But I am the youngest of four siblings. And when I was very, very, very young, when I had literally just been born, a little background here, is my parents actually made it a rule that we had to speak Spanish at home. They were like, we want you guys to learn Spanish. Everyone's going to speak Spanish at home. And they made that rule very early on. And it was also just easier for them, right? Because... Spanish was their first language. They were coming from Mexico. And so they made a rule that we could only speak Spanish at home. And one of my brothers, because he had started school in California in the United States, and he was primarily speaking English, he actually decided that he no longer wanted to speak Spanish. 
in general, not just at home, just in general, decided, you know what? I'm an all-American boy. No more Spanish for me. Goodbye. And my parents, I love my parents for this decision. They were like, oh, you you, you don't want to speak Spanish. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Listen here. This is what we're going to do. If you don't want to speak Spanish here, we're going to move to Mexico so that you don't have a choice to speak English. And I had just been born. I was literally like fresh, fresh out. And they moved my entire family to Mexico. And I lived there for my first year of life, pretty much. And so I've always had a very strong connection to where my family's from, to Mexico, to that aspect of my personality that is, who is Celia? And even though we eventually moved back to California and then I grew up my entire life there, we always returned to Mexico. We went back to Mexico every summer and we did that my entire life up until the pandemic. And I haven't been to Mexico since the pandemic. And I really, really want to go. I miss it so badly because it's a huge part of who I am. And it wasn't always like this, which kind of contradicts a little bit what I just said, right? Of It's always been a huge part of, a huge part of me. But when I was growing up and I, w- I started going to school, I started, you know, having social media, I started watching TV, I started watching Disney Channel. It was very rare that people who I related to were really famous and really popular. Not always. You know, there's there were their exceptions, but growing up, as many, many, many teenage girls face, when I was a teenager, I was incredibly insecure about my hair. I hated that my hair wasn't straight. I wanted it to be straight so bad to the point where I would only use products for straight hair to gaslight myself into making it like fully straight. And I was like, no, I don't like that my hair is darker because when I was little, my hair was really blonde. It was like this perfect honey blonde and I love it. I love that hair color and I wish I still had it. But I did not like that my hair was darker. I didn't like that my hair was curly. And because I never took care of it, it was always frizzy. And I was like, I freaking hate my hair. I hate it. I hate it. hate it. it." And my mom has super curly hair. My sister has super curly hair. And I have wavy curly hair. I don't have hair as curly as theirs. But I, I remember hating it so badly because I did not have straight hair like a lot of my friends. And I was like... Obviously, I'm not pretty. This this was my thought process back then. I said, obviously, I'm not pretty because I don't look like pretty girls. Because I had this idea that a pretty girl had straight hair. She was super skinny. And I did not fit that, <laughs> that mold. And it was so bad because I was so young, too. I was so young when all of this was happening. So for a while, I did not like being Latina. Which is what I'm I'm trying to get at here. I did not like that I did not want to listen to Spanish music. I did not want to listen to Mexican music. I did not want to kind of tap into that side of me, which is 
you gotta think of it this way. My name is Celia. My name is Celia, said in Spanish. That's the way my parents name me. The only way that I know how to exist is by being the most authentic version of me. So if you take that version and try to suppress it and say, no, that shouldn't exist. I hate that version of me, which it was the version of me that was Latina, was the version of me that had the beautiful wavy curly hair that spoke Spanish, that had a little bit of an accent when she said some things. If you try to suppress that, you're left with nothing. If you are not who you are, if you try to be someone else, you are left with nothing, which always, it will make things worse because I was so insecure of who I was and so insecure of who I wasn't that I was just forever insecure. And this has changed a lot especially most recently, I feel like especially post-grad from college, because of who I've started to surround myself with, because of the ways in which I've started kind of tapping more, tapping back into my inner child, which, like I said, growing up, you really only, I was only hanging out with my family. And so that version of me was the version of me that existed with my family in Mexico, speaking Spanish, listening to the music that you know my parents listen to listen like having all these wonderful aspects of my culture and my identity and although i lost it for a second there and i was like no i don't want to be that i don't want to be me i don't want to be me i got it back i got it back which i'm really grateful for and when i say i love in spanish I am saying that I love that version of me, which is most authentic to me. And I feel like I've maybe explained this in another podcast, maybe not. But to tell you this, the severity of how bad I got into hating myself, essentially, was in school, in elementary school, I was in, in a bilingual program. So I knew a lot of people that spoke Spanish. I had gone to preschool with them. I knew these people pretty much my entire life. And so I felt very comfortable being who I was. You know, I could say, my name is Celia, and people would be able to say that back to me. They'd be like, okay, Celia, like, nice to meet you. Like, I'd say, oh, like, my name is Martinez. They'd be like, oh, okay, like, you're Mexican. I'm Mexican. Great. Then I got into high school. High school, I'd be like, oh, my name is Celia. And people would be like, I can't say that. Cecilia? Celia? And... I didn't correct them for a really, really long time. I existed as Celia. And you might be like, okay, whatever. Like, it's not that big of a deal. It was. It really was a big deal. Because anytime somebody said my name like that, it felt like I wasn't me. Like I wasn't being seen. Like I wasn't being heard. Like I didn't exist unless I was that version, that Americanized version that they wanted me to exist at. And I'm Mexican-American, right? Like I'm on both sides. I I have my feet planted firmly in both aspects of who I am. But in that moment, it was like they washed away one of the most important parts of me. Because it is a huge part. It's a huge part of my identity. It's a huge part of how I grew up. And it still is a huge part that lives with me today. And 
it was so bad that later on after well let's retrace our steps in high school i actually had a teacher that when he asked my name i just started saying it like oh i said oh people say it's celia because they can never say it's celia and he was like oh well how do you say it and i said oh i guess like celia celia would be probably like the closest way and then he was a biology teacher so i was like oh celia like cell you know like cell yeah and when i was getting really badly bullied in school people would be like oh celia and flagella and i was like bruh no no and so because of that teacher that was when i first started to be like oh okay people can say celia which is like not exactly celia but it's a lot closer and it makes me feel more at home it makes me feel more like me and i literally remember that i wrote a poem about this in high school way back when this is before i even like was into poetry to the way that i am now and i wrote a poem for an assignment about the way the c sounds when people say my name versus like celia versus like celia and i wrote a whole poem about how it feels like home when people say my name right and this name thing had such an impact on me that later on when i graduated high school and i was in college i think i was in like my sophomore year of college or something went back home and i was hanging out with my friends from home and I remember I was hanging out with one of supposedly my best friends from high school. And this one of my best, there, I have like an ultimate best friend. She's like my sister. She's like my ride or die, you know, but this was like one of the friends that I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know if we're going to be close. I don't know if you're going to be at my wedding, you know, let's just say it like that. And I was in the car with her and she was like, oh, Celia, like, how have you been? And I was like, oh, actually I should let you know, um, in high school, I didn't correct people, but my name is actually Celia. Like, you know, it's, I don't say it, Celia. And this girl literally looked at me and said, oh, well, it's just been such a long time. I don't think that I can, I don't think that I can say it that way. I'm just so used to saying it, Celia. And I, I just was like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Goes to the back of the car and cries. And I just sat there and I... And I felt so bad because I was, I don't really, I don't talk to this person anymore, obviously, because I was like, if you're, if I'm opening up to you and being like, oh yeah, this was something that I, I didn't say back then because I didn't feel comfortable being myself. But now I'm saying like, you're saying my name wrong. Um, this is an alternative, which is not completely my name yet, but it's, it's closer. It's closer to my name. And if you've never had your name mispronounced to such a horrible degree, like daily, you might be like, oh, this isn't a big deal. But when it keeps happening over and over and over and over again, and people are making fun of your name, people are saying it wrong, people are on purpose saying it wrong after you correct them multiple times, it starts to feel personal. It starts to feel very personal. And you feel like you can't be yourself. <laughs> that's how it felt to me. I'm not going to speak for everyone that's like had their name mispronounced because some people really don't care and I have my moments where I'm like, I don't care, whatever. Like, it really depends who says it, right? Like, I'm not gonna, I'm, sometimes I, it's just not worth it to correct people. But when I do, I feel as though I'm standing up for that version of me that didn't want to be Latina. And I'm like, hey, that's not my name. And obviously I try to do it like very respectfully because some people might be like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I don't think people do it with malicious intent. But in that moment, when my quote-unquote friend was like, I can't say your name right. 
and she didn't even try I took that very personally and I didn't I did not continue to be friends with this person not just because of that there was a lot of other things but I love in Spanish because I think of it as my default setting and what I mean by this is when I'm at my happiest when I'm at my most celia of celias I'm listening to Spanish music I'm and when I say Spanish music I mean like music that's in Spanish usually it's Mexican music but I'm listening to music that's in Spanish I'm eating Mexican food I really go back to that version of me when I was younger before I even realized that there was like space outside of the bubble you know and I'm grateful now to know that there's like space out the outside of the bubble because it's so wonderful to get to know so many different cultures and so many different people but what I'm saying is I go back to that place where I celebrated my identity instead of hating it and that's really really important to say because that celebration of your authenticity is huge it's so big and I feel like one of my favorite aspects, there's so many wonderful things that I love about being Mexican. One of my favorite things about it is this kind of like sazón de vida that people have. And I'm, I might start speaking Spanish a little bit in this episode too. So I'm sorry if you don't speak Spanish. Hopefully we can context clue it. <laughs> but one of the things, one of the many, 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 many things is the romanticism of our culture. And this presents itself in many different aspects. And my dad is a huge romantic. And I think even, I think both my parents are pretty romantic actually. But so they would tell me stories of, they grew up in a pretty small place in Mexico. And that's the place that we visited all the time. And they would tell me stories of how when they were growing up, you know, if somebody really liked it, like if there was like somebody that really liked a girl, they would bring serenata and they would convince all their friends to go and their friends would be like, oh yeah, like, let's go, let's go, let's go do serenata, which is so different from what I've seen here in the Los United, where I feel like if, especially when guys are younger, if they like someone, I feel like they're almost made fun of for it. Like, oh, like, don't be a simp. Like, don't be this. Don't be that. Which I'm like, why? Why? Why are you going to put down your friend for having feelings? Why is having feelings and emotions and openly expressing them such a weird thing? And I know this just is the way society is sometimes, especially when it comes to talking about men and the way that men show up in their emotions. But I'm like, why? If your friend is coming to you and saying, hey, I really like this person, are you going to make fun of them for it? And if you are one of those people and you're listening to this, don't. Don't make fun of your friend. Your friend feels safe enough to come to you with these emotions and be like, hey, maybe I need advice. Maybe I need your help. And I remember one of my good friends that I met in postgrad. He was telling me this story about how one of his friends really wanted to go on a date with this girl. Oh my God. Sorry, I'm playing with my trash can like under the desk. One of his friends wanted to go on a date with this girl. And the entire friend group made it happen for him. Like he wanted to take her on like this dream date, like 
his friends were were helping him clean somebody loaned him a car like somebody helped him get the flower like every single man in this friend group put in effort so that he could make this dream date a reality for this girl and I had no idea that that could actually happen and I was so impressed and I was like wow thank you for telling me this because I had no idea that people would do this and I don't know that's I just find that really one like I'm literally smiling ear to ear like you guys can probably hear it because I feel like whenever I smile my tone <laughs> changes but yeah I'm like smiling so hard just thinking about it all because it's so beautiful and I'm trying to figure out <laughs> how much to expose myself on this podcast but so my first my very first boyfriend was Mexican and we actually didn't speak Spanish with each other that often. But I feel like that was one of the reasons why I felt so comfortable with him was because I was like, oh, this is somebody that knows my language. This is somebody that knows my culture pretty well. And I felt very comfortable expressing myself until I did it. And then that's why we're not together. <laughs> um, that's a whole can of worms that we're not going <laughs> to. But my my most serious relationship was with someone that was not, they were like, they didn't really identify with being Latino. Let's just say it that way. And there was one point actually towards the end of our relationship. And we had been together almost two years at this point where I have the good habit. I'm not going to say it's a bad habit. I have the good habit of sometimes when my when I'm thinking too fast, my brain will just work in Spanish. So I'll be like, oh, pasame eso. Like, give me that. And I'll say it in Spanish because like, like I said, it's like my default setting sometimes. I'm like, oh, like, give me that. Like, um, oh, vamonos. Like, nos necesitamos. Ir. Like, wait, that wasn't, that I said that so fast. Nos, neces nos necesitamos. Nos tenemos que ir. There we go. I was like, what? This is chaotic. This is such a chaotic episode for a Monday night. <laughs> I'm like all over the place, but that's okay. And there was one point where I said that and he got so mad at me. And he was like, don't speak Spanish to me anymore. And this, he was like learning Spanish for like two years and had taken it before and like had family that spoke Spanish. And he got so mad at me. Granted, this guy was always a little mad at something. He was always taking it out on me. But I felt so shitty being myself. I felt so shitty about speaking Spanish. And I will never again let somebody make me feel that way because I felt the exact same way that when my friend told me she didn't want to say my name the right way. And I was like, okay, let's take a step back here, Celia. Let's take a step back. Why do I keep putting myself in situations where people don't accept me for who I am? Be it the language that I'm speaking, being the way that I pronounce my name. And sitting here today, thinking about it, I think it stems from that moment where I really hated myself. And in that moment, in those moments where I was most insecure, I attracted people into my life that hated those parts of me too. Mic drop. And I had never thought about it like that before. Like literally sitting here is the first time that I'm considering that of like, oh, this is why these people presented themselves into my life in this way. And that feeling of discomfort that I got when I knew that they weren't accepting me at my most authentic 
That discomfort is my loving myself in Spanish. I love myself so fully that it made me uncomfortable when somebody else didn't love me like that. Mm -hmm. So in saying that, I think you're also going to, this always happens to me whenever I'm listening to podcasts and they say, you know, some something like that. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I keep hitting the microphone. I'm sorry. I keep, I sit there and I kind of tune them out at a certain point. And I start thinking of all of the situations where I've seen this present in my life. So I'm, if I was you and I'm telling you this, I'd be like, oh my God. I can think of this time. It's like, damn, Celia, Celia, kind of, Celia has, she be, she been saying something sometimes. What is it? Um, wise words. Why? <laughs> I don't think I'm wise. I think, <laughs> I think I've just been through a lot. <laughs> and I've, I said this in an episode where you attract what you feel. You attract what you have you know, on the emotions that you have on the inside is what you're going to end up manifesting out into the universe. And I feel like I always say that, but anytime that someone's been super mean to me and I let them be, and I let them stay in my life, I realize that those are the emotions and those are the thoughts that I'm saying to myself in secret. And I'm sick of it, man. <laughs> I'm sick of it. I think I've become a lot better in the past few years since that relationship ended of not accepting one of not accepting people that treat me like absolute trash we're working on it we're working on it I'm getting better though and two of showing up as my most Celia of Celias of this is who I am take it or leave it if you don't like it okay so what there's a door go ahead Go ahead. <laughs> you don't you don't need to be there. And when you start showing up authentically, you're going to start attracting people that are also authentically themselves. And I always think of this in like the context of first dates. OK, let's just bring it back to first dates. A lot of the times when somebody goes on a first date, they try to present their their best self, which obviously makes sense. Right. You're going to a date. You want to, you know. You want someone to like you. So you're going to want to present yourself as your very best self. However, however, the problem starts when you start presenting yourself inauthentically. Because sometimes people will, will go to a date and they'll be the most perfect person. The most perfect person. Say you start dating this person, okay? Say you go on a date, date goes amazing, go on a second date, you go on a third date, and you keep presenting yourself as this perfect person every single time. And you're a wonderful human being, but you are not perfect, okay? And you keep showing up as this person that doesn't have any needs, that doesn't, you know, get mad, that doesn't have anxiety, that doesn't A, B, C, D, E. It is not sustainable. Say it with me, okay? It is not sustainable. And there's going to reach a breaking point where you're going to be like, I am not who I told you I was because I am this other person that I deemed unworthy to be with you. This person that I shoved in a box and said, mm -mm, 
nope, not worthy to go on this first day with you. Sorry. And it's going to be a shit show. <laughs> to, to say <laughs> to, I'm like, to, to be blunt about it, it's not going to be fun for any party involved because suddenly the person that wasn't presenting themselves authentically is going to be like, oh no, you don't deserve me. You deserve better. And then the person that was presenting themselves authentically is going to be like, who are you? I thought you were this person that you've literally been presenting yourself to me as. And it's going to be bad, bad. <laughs> no, not speaking from experience or anything, but <laughs> Le- yeah. Anyways. <laughs> let's uh change the subject no it's gonna be bad and so for this reason especially in romantic situations you should be your most authentic self why do you want someone to like you if they don't even know who you are you know like if you're showing yourself as this insincere this not true to you person they're gonna fall in love with some idea that you've created wouldn't you want them to fall in love with you i'm just saying i'm just saying i'm just saying and i struggle with this too right because when you first meet someone you're like okay i'm not gonna like tell you every bad thing about me like i don't want to do that i'm not gonna scare you off either and i saw this one thing the other day on tiktok that really threw me aback like padros where somebody was saying that they always fall for love bombing because of the way that they always show that love consistently themselves And so they fall for love bombing because they think that person is being very genuine because that's how they are. And I feel like I struggle with this problem too, where I always fall for love bombing. And then I'm like, bro, Celia, Celia, literally hitting myself in the forehead. And it's because, like I said, these people try to be very, you know, perfect person. Let me get you flowers. Let me get you chocolates. Let me do this. Let me do that. Let me do that. And then it comes a point where they get bored. They get tired of it. They're like, you know what? I don't want to do this. This is a lot of work. Versus me, if I'm showing myself in this way of like, oh, let me make you muffins. Oh, let me make you lunch. Oh, let me come to surprise you. That's something that I know that I will continue doing. And I, I, in situations where I've had to continue doing it, I have continued doing it. And that's not me putting up some front of being disingenuous that's just genuinely how i am as a human being of if i really really like someone they're gonna know that i like them i'm not gonna be beating around the bush playing games of oh maybe i like you maybe i don't like if i like you you're gonna know you're it's i'm very loud about it and i feel bad about it sometimes (laughs) because i'm like no what if i'm like scaring somebody off what if they won't like me blah 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 And then literally let's loop back around to the start of this episode of you need to show up authentically as how you are as a person. If my name is Celia, I'm going to be like, my name is Celia. I'm not going to be like, oh, you can call me this other nickname because you can't say my name right. Maybe, maybe if I like you and I like the nickname you gave me, then yeah, you can give me a nickname. But what I'm saying is so often I have felt bad being who I am because people have People in the past have almost cemented this idea inside of me of who you are is not good enough. Who you are is bad. Who you are is something to be ashamed of. And I am facing this cement wall that exists inside of me with a humongous freaking hammer. And I'm just going in, man. I'm 
it hurts. It's painful, but I literally am breaking this wall apart. I'm like, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. And it makes me feel like those quotes where it's like gripping. It says like, oh, what they're doing. It's like gripping to the sink. It's like, you deserve to be loved. You deserve to be loved. That's literally how it feels. I feel like I deserve the opportunity to be able to present myself authentically as I am. And if somebody thinks that's too much, that's their problem. That's their problem, not my problem. I deserve to be able, I deserve to be who I am without feeling bad about it. Like in friendships, in relationships, everywhere. And I, I don't want to feel like I'm putting up this front because it's it's almost like watering myself down. Like it's not necessarily that I'm feeling like I have to put this perfect person up. I feel like I'm watering myself down to make myself more digestible. And I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> Literally just going to start like crying on the podcast. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. And this concept of loving in Spanish is me being my most authentic self. Of the way that I love is very... <laughs> This is all like, I'm so cheesy. But as all of you are aware, by listening to this podcast, I'm a super romantica person. I'm a lover girl at heart. I'm such a lover girl. And I will always be a lover girl. I've gotten my heart shattered. I've been broken up with. I've been made to feel like I'm this horrible human being that deserves to like be treated badly. Because that's how I've been treated. When somebody treats you badly, you're going to think that you deserve it. I've been yelled at. I've been literally made to feel ugly in many situations where I really trusted someone and they made me feel horrible about having trusted them. And so many times I've been made to feel like I am a second choice. And when people make you feel like that, you will internalize it, you will tattoo it onto your heart, and you will say, I am a second choice. I am a second choice, especially when it comes to how you treat yourself. You're going to say, I am a second choice. You're going to like someone. They're the first choice. You're the second choice. Wrong. Wrong. Etch a sketch, clear it out. Etch a sketch, borar, borar, borar. You should always be your first choice. If somebody doesn't like you, that's their problem. If somebody doesn't have feelings for you, that's their loss, bro. That's their loss. If you know that you are this really wonderful, loving human being, why do you think you don't deserve to be loved? Let's let's take a moment and really consider this. If you are someone that when you really have a crush, like you're out here making little poems. I know you guys are out there making little poems for your crushes. You're making poems. You're making them food. You're going out of your way to be there for them. You know, if they're sick, you're bringing them tea. If if they're sick, if you're sick, if they're sick. I don't know what I just said. <laughs> if you know that you show up into the world with so much genuine love, why do you think you wouldn't get it back? And I know that sometimes it could be because people never gave it to you. Or you could be like, oh, but it didn't stay. It doesn't matter if it didn't necessarily stay. If you had it for a moment, if it was yours, if somebody treated you like that, that was because of you. That was something that you were being returned in that moment. 
If there's ever been a time when somebody made you feel really wonderful about yourself, really loved, that is a projection of you. And I'm so proud of you for that because that means you you did something right, man. And even if it didn't stay, even if, you know, it didn't work out, doesn't matter. We're not talking about that. That's Go listen to my other 50 million episodes of what happens when things don't work out. This, if somebody loved you in the way that you could understand it in the way that you could accept it that's a win a win is a win a win is a win (laughs) that's literally what I keep telling myself I'm like a win is a win but like I know for example for me this is gonna be so cheesy for example for me when I have a crush and I don't have crushes often I'm not a a crush type of person I'm usually like whatever (laughs) I just have a lot of (laughs) I'm busy man I keep myself I'm trying to snap my fingers. I keep myself booked and busy, you know? But when I have a crush, oh, God. When I have a crush, everybody is going to know. Because the way that I... (laughs) I'm so cute. I'm so cute. Whenever I have a crush, like, I just want them to feel the way they make me feel. And that is how I present myself in that moment. If they make me feel giddy and excited and lovable, I want them to feel that too. And I will go out of my way to try to have them feel that too. You know, be it writing poems for them, be it telling them how great. I am so openly, like, I will tell you if I think you're wonderful. And usually, like, I'm I'm not the type to be like, oh, yeah, like, you're pretty cool. Like, I'll be like, I think you're amazing. And I think you should think that too. And so when I have a crush, I'm very, very honest about it. And I think that has to do with the fact that I've gone back and I've really worked on these parts of me of loving myself, you know, authentically, loving myself as I am, loving myself in Spanish. And I'm such a like serenata person of I'll sing to you all. I've literally like recited poems to somebody like I had that I had a crush on before. I'm like, I'm a And obviously, going back to my previous point, where sometimes I feel like I'm doing too much. I'm like, no, they don't need to to know that I got all these feelings inside of me. But it comes a point where it's like, why not? Why not? Life is so short. And I feel like so often we're told to just be quiet. And especially in this generation, it's like, no, you can't text them after this long. No, you can't talk to them after this long. Granted. I don't think you should ever lose yourself in a relationship. I think you should definitely have your boundaries. I think you should definitely make it a fact to still have your own routine, to still have your own life, to be an individual in a partnership. Through my eyes, you will never see. Do you guys know that poem? <laughs> no, I'm just quoting myself. My brain literally works in like song lyrics and poems and book quotes. But... There's a long, rambly episode. And to finish this off, to finish this off, what I'm trying to say is you don't have to love in Spanish. I love in Spanish because that is what's most authentic to me. I love in... I have this this one poem that's actually very cute about, like, love languages. And it's this idea where I, like, I love in photo booth pictures eating waffles for brunch and it's all these different things that make you who you are that are the ways 
you not only give love, but receive love as well. And yes, you know, there's words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch. But I want you to sit down and or stand up, whatever you're doing right now when you're listening to this podcast, and really think about the ways in which you receive love. We know you give love. I know you give love like it's nobody's business. But how do you receive love? Because you need to be very, very clear on that. Because I don't want somebody to come into your life and, you know, do something that in their eyes, well, let's, I don't want someone to treat you badly and to have you accept it as love because you aren't clear on the ways in which you receive love. And this could play into like your standards and all of that. But more than anything, it goes back to what I was saying in the other episode where instead of thinking like, oh, how do I feel about someone? How does someone make you feel? How does somebody give you love? How are you receiving the love that they're giving you? Because somebody could be doing all this stuff for you, but if they're not loving you in a way that you can understand, you're not going to understand it. You're not going to feel that love. And sometimes it takes work. Sometimes you have to sit with your partner. You have to sit with your friends and be like, hey, I don't like that you did this. Hey, this made me uncomfortable. Like what I did with my friend where I was like, hey, you're saying my name wrong. And obviously you could have somebody that's like, too bad. I'm not going to change the way they say it. And in that case, you need to leave and you need to be like, okay, well, I tried. But most of the time, if somebody wants to stay in your life, they're going to put an effort to stay in your life and they're going to respect your boundaries and they're going to love you in the ways they're going to try to love you in the ways that you understand. And it's the trying. The trying is the most important part. Nobody's going to be 100 percent perfect. Nobody. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Nobody's perfect in this universe. But the trying when somebody tries to love you at your most authentic, your most vulnerable. That's all you could ever ask for and all you could ever need. All right. And I love all of you guys. And hopefully you don't mind hearing you ramble for 30 minutes. I don't even know how long this is. I need to go do my laundry. Some other things I love in deep cleaning my apartment, apparently. I always think about that. Whenever I'm really tired, I'm like, I really wish I had someone that would help me clean without me asking them. Like, I like I would just be able to come home to a clean house and I'd be like, this is super wonderful. Like, or making me food. There have been so many times in my life where I come home exhausted, absolutely exhausted, where I'm like, I cannot take a shower right now because I'm so tired. I'm like, damn, now I have to make myself dinner, which I love making myself dinner because I'm like, oh, that's an act of service for me. That's the way that I'm showing love for me. I'm like, damn, it'd be kind of nice if I had, you know, a good looking man making me dinner. But alas, everything happens on time. And my time right now, I get to spend with you, which is very amazing and wonderful. And I would not trade it for the world. And I think this is also helpful because in the same way that this might be helping you, this is also helping me. And I'm very grateful that I've, I've taken the time to, to learn how to love myself. Because it, just with any relationship, right? You have to learn how to lo- love yourself before you can learn how to love somebody else. And you have to learn and you have to try. And like I said, the trying is the most important part. And there are some days where I don't like myself. And there are some days where I don't love myself. I'm not confident. I'm really freaking mean to myself. And then I take a step back and I'm like, why? Why? Why am I saying these things about myself? And it's, it's sad. It's really sad. And I I think the aftermath of when you're really mean to yourself and you're like, 
that was a really horrible thing to say about myself. Why did I do that? That almost makes you feel worse because it's being conscious of the fact that you're doing it to yourself, which is someone that, you know, you've spent your entire life with. I think of like a childhood best friend. If you've been with that person forever and you know them really well, you would never be so mean to them as to try to like rip them apart. But why is it so easy with ourselves? Why is it that so often we take other people's opinions of us as truth when we know ourselves best? You know, if somebody goes and tries to tell me how to say my name, I'm like, you're wrong. You're wrong. And one of the reasons why I love my name so much and I love saying it the right way. And you might not know this, but when I was younger, I wanted to change my name because I hated the way that people said it. And I hated that people could never say it right. And I really wanted to change my name. And one of the reasons I didn't, and one of the reasons why I love it so much now is I was named after my tia Celia, my mom's sister, who is without a doubt, one of the most wonderful people to ever exist. And I didn't get to meet her. She passed away in a car accident before I was born. But she is someone that I feel is like a guardian angel to me. And I'm like, how rude would it be of me to be given the name of one of the most chingona people to exist in our family, to exist in this universe? And for me, we're like, nah, you know, I kind of hate it. I don't like it. Not a good name. I was like, no way no way, Jose, no way. And that's why I kept it. And that's why whenever I correct people and make sure that they're saying it right, or at least trying to say it right, is out of respect for her. And I think maybe sometimes I couldn't do it for myself. I'm like, no, I don't respect myself enough to have somebody say my name the right way. Now I respect myself in the same way that I was doing it out of respect for her. That's that's one of the reasons. Um, yeah, I think I'm very grateful that I have had the opportunity to grow up with my parents uh, being Mexican immigrants and that I got to live in this Mexican bubble. And I miss it sometimes, you know, because when you grow up and you move away and you're not living with your family anymore, that bubble bursts and... You don't get to come home and speak Spanish all the time. And I miss it. And sometimes like, se te traba las palabras. And you're like, oh my God, I don't remember how to say this in Spanish. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know how to say this in English. Like bilingual problems. I, I'm like, my brain is working overtime here. Like two times the speed. But I feel very lucky that I get to love in Spanish. And I think that's actually something that I genuinely would look for when I'm considering, you know, my future partner is somebody that if they don't speak Spanish, somebody that would be willing to learn because it's so important to me to be able to speak as my most authentic self, which sometimes I feel as though, you know, speaking Spanish makes me feel more like myself because it makes me feel so at home because it takes me back to growing up and to being in Mexico and to being with my family and to healing that inner child. And it's something that I consider very important to me. And it's something that, you know, I'm going to teach my kids Spanish someday. Oh my God, kids someday. Oh my God, no, I don't want to even think about that. <laughs> One step at a time. Pasito a pasito. Suave, suavecito. Nos vamos pegando poquito a poquito. No, no, yeah. No te creas. No te creas. Cantante no soy. But, yeah, I mean, 
it's been a long road. It's been 24 years to get here. So, you know, if you're feeling a little insecure today, know that it's a long road and know that it's not a linear journey at all and that it comes with its ups and downs. But I love you a lot and you should love yourself a lot because remember that the way that you treat yourself is how others are going to end up treating you. And you deserve to be treated well. You deserve to be treated so well. And thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I hope that you got something out of it. I hope that this was nice to hear. And even if you don't necessarily speak Spanish, even if you're not Latine, Latino, Latina, you know, Hispano, Hispana, Hispane, then I still hope that wherever you're from, however you identify, that you show up as your most authentic self so that people can love that authentic you because you love that authentic you. <laughs> okay. Happy start of the week. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful week. And I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I don't know what I'm posting next. But with that, con amor, siempre. Celia. Bye.